What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of In My Prime. Today was a great day, guys. It really was. Uh, Broncos fan here. Got that dub. Got those dubs on the props, too. So I'm just in a good mood. I'm pretty tired. Uh, stayed up. Did some homework. Got some plays out. Got some plays all written up so I can talk about them. So yeah, I'm pretty tired, but... uh came here to break down the game as usual the Monday Night Football game came here to recap the day and came here to also drop an NBA prop and then drop a couple NFL props as well so let's get into that I want to keep this pretty short short and sweet anyways so yeah um, let's get into the game breakdown first of all so for this one obviously Super Bowl rematch don't gotta say too much Chiefs Eagles got like a million narratives going on right now Obviously, like the Kelsey Bowl, like the fucking Taylor Swift angle, the, uh, I don't know, man, both these teams are coming off of bye. Should just be like a really, really fun game here. Anyways, we got the Chiefs as three-point favorites, uh, minus 145 on the money line. My money line lead is definitely Chiefs. I mean, if you can get the Chiefs at the price like that, I feel like you just bet it every time, close your eyes, and you'll make a lot more money. Than you would betting against them. So, yeah. Uh, how do I see this game going? Um, maybe not like super high scoring like people think. I think that the Chiefs come out and are like very pass heavy because Philly has a really good run defense, really, really bad pass defense. Um, I think that we see Andy Reid get pretty creative in the playbook. I think that a lot of the plays are going to be used. Uh, I think that they come out with the, with some good plays scripted up because they've had all this time to prepare. On the Philly side of things, no Dallas Goddard, which is very important, because without Dallas Goddard, the target share is going to be insanely, insanely condensed between Smith and Brown. They are going to absolutely dominate the targets for however long Dallas Goddard's out. They really have no one else outside of them. Um, I think they could also run the ball, too, because uh, Casey is like a really bad run defense. Philly, as we know, um, you got a dual threat quarterback. You got a great offensive line. DeAndre Swift, very solid runner. So honestly, I could see Philly having like a ton, a ton of success on the ground too here. So I, I don't know exactly how they're gonna <clears throat> play this one out, but um, yeah, that's why kind of that's kind of my thoughts on how the game's going. Anyways, I already gave out a Travis Kelsey anytime touchdown. Uh, that's still playable if you can get good odds of that. Um, talked about like all the fucking narratives and it's a pretty corny write up, but like I said, man, I, I just think it hits. So anyways, um, let's get into a new play. A new play that I did <clears throat> was Jalen Hurts over eight and a half rushing attempts. Played that at minus 115 at DK. So it has a really good hit rate. Uh, Hurts is over in 709 this year. He's at 8-plus and 8 out of 9 this year. He's over in 11 out of 15 last year as well. So, really good hit rate. We had the knee that was bothering him for a little bit, which was like the four rushing attempt game that he had. Uh, we were on the under there, so <clears throat> that was a good time to fade, right? Anyways, yeah, so the knee it was bothering him for a little bit. But in week 9, uh, which is the last week before the bye, he had 10 rushing attempts. Six of those were scrambles. So obviously he trusted his knee. He trusted running on it back then. And now coming off of a bye week, 
you get that time off, you should be more healthy. So if he was willing to run in week nine, he should definitely be willing to run here. Um, obviously, this is like the perfect game environment for a quarterback to be willing to rush or a play car, a caller to be willing to call quarterback rushing like designed runs. I mean, it's like a Super Bowl rematch. The game's in primetime. Eagles, they're going to abuse the hell out of the tush push whenever they can <clears throat> because of the importance of this game, obviously. And, <clears throat> sorry, guys. I'm also still sick. So that's fucking awesome. Water break. Yeah. <clears throat> but, um, yeah, and also just like with the game intensity hurts, he's going to be more willing to scramble. Um, like I said, coordinator, offensive play caller, will be more willing to call design runs. It's just like a, in types of games like this, you play with a anything-to-win mindset. So, yeah, guys, short and sweet. This play just checks all the boxes. Uh, the hit rate, coming off the bye for the rest, and the obvious intensity of this game. So, uh, yeah, don't even have anything else to say, man. I think if this play moves, I'd lock it in ASAP. Probably ends at nine and a half, which would obviously hurt the hit rate a lot. So lock it in, lock it in, lock it in. All right. Um, so my other leans for the games, for this game, uh, like I said, I think that the target share for the Eagles is going to be super condensed between A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. Right. <clears throat> so six and a half for receptions for A.J. Brown with minimal juice, I think are very, very in play. If we look at A.J. Brown's stats for this year, he's obviously been like a fucking menace. He's been awesome. <clears throat> but even with Dallas Goddard playing in every single game, he's had seven receptions in seven out of nine. He's had six in eight out of nine. And like the one miss, where, or the one game where he didn't have six was against the Vikings. And if you remember that game, DeAndre Swift literally had, um, where is it? 28 for 175 on the ground. Hertz had 23 passing attempts. So, yeah, um, like I said, the reason I actually haven't played it or didn't play it was because I saw that and I saw, I know that the KC is like a terrible run defense. So I just see that, I see a range of outcomes, like a possible range of outcome being Philly dominating on the ground. And that's why... That's why I stayed off it, but I would not talk anyone out of six and a half receptions for AJ Brown. And if you talk yourself into Devontae Smith too, with yards or receptions or whatever, uh, like he's going to get his targets too, just because Philly literally has no one to throw to outside of these two guys. So Chiefs get up early. This play is smacking. If Philly doesn't just absolutely dominate on the ground, this play is probably smacking too. So really like those two. On the Chiefs side of things, Call me crazy, but Katerius Tony over five and a half receiving yards is like calling my fucking name to bet it. Uh, Katerius Tony, he is like cleared this line in like a like a very very good hit rate with the Chiefs. He's at least had a target in every single game with the Chiefs. He doesn't play much, obviously, why which is which is why we're getting this line. But Katerius Tony's like such like a gadget guy, and like they just like want to get him touches. That he has like a ridiculous targets per route ran. Like I said, man, he's gotten a target in every single game with the Chiefs. And just coming off the bye, <clears throat> we know that Kansas City's gonna get crafty in their playbook because of the intensity of this game and the what's at stake. We know that yeah, uh, we know that they've had ex- extended time to prep, to script plays. 
and they're going to go deep in the playbook. So to me, that just like screams Tony. Like we know he's going to get his target, but I, I could see him actually being a little bit, maybe getting like two or three targets and like they're all kind of designed for him to flourish. So six and a half, five and a half, whatever is just absolutely calling my name. And I think I'll eventually play it, but obviously if it loses and like Mahomes throws for like 400 yards and Kadiris Tony doesn't have a catch or doesn't like, he has like one catch for three yards. Like that's definitely on the table and you'd feel like a fucking idiot because you probably could have picked anyone else. But Kadiris Tony is just calling my name, man. So I haven't locked it in, but chances are I probably do end up locking that in. All right. Uh, So that's it for the uh, breakdown of that game. Um, let's give out the NBA prop and then I will recap the weekend. Oh man, sorry if I'm sniffling pretty bad right now. All right, the NBA prop <clears throat> that I have locked in is Rudy Gobert under 11 and a half rebounds against the Knicks. So this is a completely matchup play, not a hit rate or anything, but. Looking at this, Gobert, he's been great this year. He's won over in 7 out of 12 games. He's averaging 12.3 rebounds per game. Well, this is just like such a bad matchup versus Mitchell Robinson down low. The Knicks, they allow the fewest rebounds per game to centers. Only two players against the Knicks this year have 12 or more rebounds. Overall, the Knicks, they allow the least rebounds per game, and they play at the slowest pace. So why is it such a, such a bad matchup for centers? It's because uh, Mitchell Robinson, he boxes out on the defensive end. He'll contest every, <clears throat> damn near every rebound when the Knicks are on offense. Like, he is very aggressive at going for offensive rebounds. Even if he isn't grabbing an offensive rebound, he might hit it out or force the opponent to box up, box him out instead of going for the rebound. So, yeah. And, and also, just like individually with Rudy, <clears throat> he has a pretty big strength advantage on him. So, yeah. Last year against the Knicks, there was only one game where Gobert played. But against the Knicks with Mitchell Robinson playing, Gobert, he only had seven rebounds, and he played a massive 37 minutes in that one. <clears throat> this year, Gobert, he is yet to eclipse 35 minutes this year without overtime. And, <clears throat> oh my gosh, water break. And then with 35 minutes or less since last year, he's actually stayed under in 34 out of 64 games. Not a crazy hit rate, but encouraging that it's over 50% staying under with 35 minutes or less. And obviously this is like the worst matchup in the NBA. So if he's hitting at a positive hit rate with that minute filter, enter worst matchup in the NBA. I like our, I like his chances of staying under 11 and a half. This is another play that I think will move. I think it should end up being like minus 140-ish for under 11 and a half. Uh, I played it at minus 115 at DK. So should get a lot of line value on that. Maybe even goes down to 10.5, but yeah. Um, Rudy Gobert under 11.5 rebounds, just a terrible matchup against Mitchell Robinson down low, who will make life tough for every single rebound. All right, getting into the recap of the week weekend for NFL. It was fucking awesome. Like I already mentioned this at first, but the three losses I had, <clears throat> first one is Cooper Cup, um, over 80.5 receiving yards, I believe. He got hurt, but he he got off to a pretty slow start anyways. I think he got hurt, like, in the second quarter at some point. He only had, like, 11 yards, but, I mean, maybe it had life, maybe not. 
the Stafford didn't play all that good, but the injury just gave us no chance for it to hit whatsoever. Chris Godwin was another loser, and I was actually fine with it. He had six catches, but he only turned it into 39 yards. So we needed uh, 52 yards, fell 13 short. He had the reception volume, uh, just wasn't able to turn it into enough yards. And I was really eyeing receptions. And look, in hindsight, I think like it was minus 155 for over four and a half when I first checked it. I should have just done over four and a half and then the 49ers money line. And I was thinking about it, and I just didn't for some reason. I went yard instead, but the receptions made way more sense. And <clears throat> I just thought I could get away with yards, but did not. Next loser was Rico Dowdle, over 26 and a half rushing yards. He had eight carries for 23 yards. The game script hit. Uh, the blowout game script hits. And, uh, yeah, he just wasn't efficient. I mean, I thought for sure he would average four yards per carry in this matchup. But doesn't get there. Wasn't efficient enough. I am completely fine with that read. Just didn't come to fruition. All right, the winners. First one was Sam Howell, over 245 and a half passing yards. Uh, I could see, You could say we got lucky on this one, to be honest. He um, didn't really hit until, like, the end. And <clears throat> he was weirdly in, like, a negative game strip. So... Definitely could say we got lucky on this one, but ended up coming through anyways. Had a ton of passing volume. Uh, next one was, oh fuck, what's his name? It was Rodriguez, Chris Rodriguez, the backup running back for the Commanders with Antonio Gibson out. <clears throat> I played him over 25 and a half rushing and receiving. I think he finished with around 48, was able to be efficient in a good matchup, and got enough volume, so good one there. Ridley, over 47 and a half, smashed. He easily cleared this line against a terrible Tennessee secondary. <clears throat> really just a nice, like, bye guy. Like, you kind of know he's going to have those shit weeks, and then you see him coming off a shit week, you see him in a good matchup, he's going to have, like, a ridiculously low line, and, yeah, he hit it very easily. Next one was Renfro, Hunter Renfro, over 14 and a half receiving yards. Um, the crazy game script didn't hit, but Vegas did pass a ton. Renfro did have five receptions for, I believe, like, 45 yards. So it was a bit of a sweat because he didn't hit until the fourth quarter, but had a big play and had a good amount of volume. And yeah, Renfro is just someone who I think is going to be trending upwards because Josh McDaniels, for some reason, hated him, even though he's like a pretty good receiver. And yeah, so we saw some decent usage there. And uh, yeah, they get some Miami team that usually puts up a ton of points um, against bad teams, but didn't even happen. But Renfro got there pretty pretty soundly so that's a good one Tyreek Hill over 92 and a half receiving yards in the next one I think he had like 150 Tyreek Hill has like shat on bad teams all year and especially at home too like he has just put up some monster games that's a trend to look look at going forward next one was Dorian Thompson Thompson Robinson over 18 and a half rushing yards uh, he went 3-for-20 on the ground. Um, did not have the volume that I was projecting at all, but he did have the plays. Like I said, he's very athletic. He had a couple really nice scrambles, a couple nice designed runs. And he, with his athleticism, he was able to be super efficient on him. So got there by the hair, but got there anyways. Next one was Jameson Williams over 20 and a half receiving yards. Guys, this dude is like starting to play like almost a full-time role 
and I'm just like really in on his talent, even though he hasn't really proven much. And Amon Ra's a hog, and Laporte is a hog, but I just saw that at 20 and a half, and I checked his routes from last week. Uh, Lions are just a good offense at home, and I just wanted another piece of that. So I saw that he came through with a long touchdown near the end of the game. But uh, guys, Jameson, he's playing good snaps. Uh, I would be completely fine going back to him again. He's a big play guy, and that will happen. Next one was the Montgomery touchdown for a half unit. This should have probably hit like early in the game, but Gibbs actually took one from him. Um, I thought for sure Monty would just be like a full-time goal back pretty much, but that was not the case. And then at the end of the game, they brought Monty in, ran the ball even with no timeouts, and he got it there. So, yeah, not exactly how the game – I thought the game was kind of going to be a blowout and Detroit was just going to like let Monty eat. That was not exactly how it went, but Monty, uh, I also took his over 49 and a half rushing yards. He cleared that. Looks It looked pretty easy, but it was definitely a sweat because the Bears were making them play from behind. Was not expecting that at all. But like I said, guys, the Bears' run defense, is it's good, but they just had not been tested on the ground compared to anyone like Monty and anyone like this Detroit running scheme. So he was able to be super efficient. Um game script did not go as planned like at all but the efficiency took over so happy with that one that line was just too low next one was James Cook over 53 and a half rushing yards this was like a late late ad for the dub club I didn't get it out to Twitter because it wasn't enough time but James Cook over 53 and a half basically I was like I mean after watching the Jets on Sunday Night Football I'm like this team just fucking sucks at offense. Like, they're not going to be able to do shit. Uh, Bills, they're due. They're still a good team. They just they just don't have ridiculous turnovers. Like, they're going to dominate this game, be up, very positive game script. And James Cook, I was a little bit hesitant at first, which is why I added it so late. <clears throat> but he did fumble two game, two times the game before, so I wasn't sure if he was going to kind of be in the doghouse. But he's just, like, such, like, a good fucking runner. Like, he touches the ball. You watch him carry the ball. And you're like, damn, like this dude's good at football. So he he's just like a really good player. And in like a game script like that, Jets are definitely more like vulnerable through the ground than they are through the air. So that play kind of just like checked most of the boxes and came through also. Lastly was Jerry Judy over 42 and a half receiving yards. I think he finished like 58 or so. But um, yeah, man, he, he had a solid game. Uh, first read he's a first read target guy and against the Vikings that flies which is my reasoning behind it so yep came through nice and easy go Broncos we're gonna go make the fucking playoffs might even win a Super Bowl all that good shit anyways I'm tired as hell if you can't tell I've kind of been talking fast trying to finish this thing up but to recap the two plays are Travis Kelsey anytime touchdown which I already gave out on a podcast and on Twitter Jalen Hurts over nine and a half or eight eight and a half rushing attempts, uh, minus 115 at DK. And then Rudy Gobert under 11 and a half rebounds, minus 115 at DK as well. All right, I need sleep. Bye.